Welcome back to Less Than 10, an EVE Online small gang PvP podcast. Uh, myself, Blood Ruin, and Feral uh, are here with our favorite guest host, uh, Suetonia. Say hi, guys. Hey, guys. Hey. How's it going? So let's go- jump into what's going on recently and talk about Feral. You have some fun stories with uh, some, some recent uh, escapades in out of our, our Nolsec area that we're roaming and living in. Yeah, yeah, we live in Venal now. Uh, I, we mentioned last couple episodes, Blood and I are in the same course, corp again. So uh, I've been doing, well, I was doing a bunch of filament roaming, and that was super fun. One thing that stands out, there was like two or three of us in just cheap, like Omen Navy, Osprey Navies. And we were roaming test space, which is usually pretty spicy, uh, just because of the caps. And then a rapier landed at zero on a gate with us, and immediately started burning off. So like my initial reaction was just to ram him and heat all the things. So we did that and he just blew up. He was super blingy. So it was pretty entertaining, like three 80 millionist cruisers. We had like a bunch of 800 million loot or something like that. And then, so we, we grabbed the loot, we waited at our timer and yeeted and we ended up like 14 jumps from our home in Venal. So that was pretty cool, secured the loot. Um, been doing a bunch of multi-boxing. Uh, another time we yeeted, we like landed directly on top of a smart bombing material. Another like 900 mil tick. That was cool. <laughs> um, and then also, this is like one of my personal projects, but I've been trying to get a ransom, like an old school ransom, where where like you know you tackle somebody and you try and ransom them, or you do something like for me. Uh, there's a bunch of mission runners in Venal, so I I, I like put my cloaky saber right off the undock on all the stations that have kickouts and i camp them into the station and try and get them to pay me to let them undock which is kind of kind of lame <laughs> but but like i think it's cool so i'm trying to anyway i'm trying to get a, a ransom um yeah and and uh and i just finished roaming with some court mates in a kiting rapid heavy missile typhoon which was uh, super cool so yeah that's that's what i've been up to how about you guys well, I haven't played too much in regards to PvP, but I have been running like some of the low, new low-sec event sites. I actually had, uh, I did a stream and CCP Fozzy joined me, which was really cool. A nice off to check out the highlight bit on that. That sounds fun. Yeah, I'm going to uh, have to put some time into learning the event sites, which we'll get into, but there's some really good rewards for doing them. So I'm kind of interested in that. Um, I've been having some real-life stuff change around job. And I'm in a multi-stage interview process, so a lot of my attention has been focused on that. But I'm really excited. And uh, then because of the stress and stuff, I, this weekend I just decided to uh, go meet up with some friends uh, at kind of this uh, winter getaway. We rented a cabin and we're up here snowboarding. So I'm currently in, in a cabin in the woods filled with snow and just kicking out and having a good time and spending lots of time in a hot tub. So it's, it's good fun. Damn. 
That sounds yeah. sick. <laughs> like, not Eve related, but that's why. I'm, but no, I've been man, doing like fun. little little roams out of vinyl. Like I'm really curious. Uh, obviously, CCP hasn't said anything on the time frame of the Yeats kind of coming back in. Um, I'm kind of curious how quickly that'll happen, and um, and what the you know how how they'll be acquired because I think that's gonna be a big part of like my content and and you know uh, furnace in general some of our content and it kind of ties into our discussion which we'll get into uh, in terms of i think it's one of the easiest ways to get into pvp so um, hopefully they come back quickly so with that we'll kind of get into our first topic which is small but uh it's the recent patch that that came out so uh just to summarize the the significant portions of the patch were the heavy missile buff shield slaves module tier tier side which like man i felt tingly reading through the patch notes all like all the shield booster tier side stuff like reading it just made me feel nostalgic from old tier side posts like i loved it and then the event which me and blood haven't done but Stonia has so it's perfect you're with us because you can kind of shed some light on the event so uh first let's talk about the heavy missile buff so it's a plus five percent damage to heavy missiles so it's just a base damage buff the thing that is kind of interesting there is it also applies it, it's to the, the the charge if you will so it's going to apply across heavy miss or rapid heavy missiles as well and i i'm still kind of curious and we'll you know Suetonia, feral what do you guys think is going to be do you think it's going to be a big impact or do you think application on a lot of those platforms still isn't very good well, it was also an application buff too, right? You had 5% to explosion velocity, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. It's relatively small though. Yeah. I don't think it's like, I don't think everyone's going to be going out there and flying heavy missile ships now. Like it's definitely a buff to rapid heavies, which were already strong. Um, and I think the ships that you typically, like people still use with heavy missiles, like... Uh, you know, maybe the uh, like the Serb or the Drake Navy, things like that, you know, they're going to be a little stronger. Um, but I don't think people are going to be flying a ton more missiles coupled with the event requirements, which we'll get into. I think it's a neat, neat way to, to couple it together. But like good buff, heavy missiles needed uh, some love. So do hams. At the same time, rapid lights could use a nerf. But um, over overall, like I I'm happy with the change. I don't. I don't think it quite goes far enough. I don't know. Yeah, because I was. I was thinking back to you and I did a roam not too long ago where we were in cyclones. We had like two cyclones, and with heavy missiles, and each one of them did like three hundred DPS. And then we had one Osprey Navy that was kicking out like four hundred, and we were like, we we're like the cyclones are really just here to provide links. Like that was that was the whole point of the cyclones more than to do damage. Yeah, and I think with speed creep, like that's a re that's a thing, and. It, you know, you negate so much missile damage through speed, and they just they just haven't caught up. You know what I mean? Like they haven't weathered yeah. that that speed creep. That's my opinion. I don't know. What do you think, Satonia? I think it's super cool. I actually really like the fact that they buffed rapid heavies, even though rapid heavies are already good. Because you know, like encouraging more people to fly battleships, and like in a way, sort of encouraging the meta to slow down and go like more bigger as well. Like also kind of helps heavy missiles as well because they just don't apply to like nano cruisers and below. Yeah, and that's a good point that it 
I didn't really think about that, even though I literally just roamed in a rapid heavy typhoon. Um, it, it is a good point that it, it it's a buff to battleships. And uh, in, in my opinion, any buff to battleships is good right now. So cool. Uh, what's the going into the next one? What's the actual name of the shield slaves? They're called Nirvana, I think. Nirvana. Okay, because I, I know I remember the the armor version slaves got changed to amulets. So um, the the shield slaves is just going to be an implant set that will increase the HP of shield um, amount. Um, and so that's why they're being referred to as shield slaves because slaves have been around for a long time. It's been a long awaited thing. Uh, do you think like some of the most common buffer shield ships like the Gila with like a passive recharge or I don't know, maybe Drakes or something will become really scary powerful because of these? Or do you think it's going to be kind of like a non-factor? Oh, absolutely. Like they're definitely going to have a lot of big implications for like supers, especially. But I've seen like some pretty disgusting like theory crafting fits that people have been posting, like uh, 160k EHP Gila's that have like 400 DPS passive regen, and like 30k EHP Worms that also like passive regen 150 DPS. That's nuts. Yeah, because when CCP originally said they were going to put them in the game, they said they were going to, like, um, temper them a little bit, like, have, like, a shield regen debuff, but that's not actually here yet. I'm not sure if they're going to, like, nerf them in the future. I think they probably will need to, like, change some things around with them a little bit, especially with supers. Well, and isn't... The Gila was one of the main ships that would be used in Abyssal, right? With uh, especially a, a passive fit because of the new pressure that's in there. And I feel like you throw a set of these on and, and you're really safe going into even like a, a, a tier five abyssal in some ways. Yeah, I think people have figured out abyssals at this point, though. Like not many people are dying in them. Like once they figure out like the tier five gila fits. And then uh, module tier side is just mostly naming updates. I didn't. Did you guys see any um, stat changes across modules? Um in, in the shield booster? Uh, yeah, a little. I, I, they've made like a compact and enduring shield booster now. I think they just basically gave them the best meta stats currently. But there was uh, buffs to the storyline shield boosters that you don't really see anymore. Like there's like the outlaw large shield booster, etc. They all got like um, some fitting buffs. So I don't know. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to change anything, but at least now, like, maybe, like, a storyline shield booster, like, appears on some weird fit sometimes. Yeah, because that was one of the, the biggest reasons behind, or biggest implications I remember from warp disruptors and scramblers and webs going through the tier side process is originally there were times where you would just be like, no, just always fit the meta four version. Like, there's never a reason to not fit meta four. And as the tier side happened, it gave more reasons to use a compact. But then in other situations, you want the enduring or you want the, um, you know, the fleeting. And so it kind of gave more variety and, and choice um, to depending on what benefits you wanted. Yeah, I think it makes some really like it makes good decisions, right? Where especially on tight fits, um, it just makes it more interesting. I think the act of fitting a ship. So. I'm all for it. Like I said, I got nostalgic reading the patch notes, and uh, that's a really good thing because being nostalgic, I feel, in Eve is a good thing. Anything nostalgic is going to be good. <laughs> it also makes naming convention 
like a lot better because you can you can type in like compact. Whereas before, I don't the the shield burst booster version was like c dash l something you know <laughs> it was like so just having those updated to be in line with the other stuff that has gone through to your side is good yay talos yeah it's also nice for new players too because you don't need to like learn names off by heart for like which one is the best metaphor one out of this you can just like look at it and see like which type is better for different situations yeah, like you'll know enduring is always going to have the best cap use kind of thing, right? So that's funny. It's like uh, remembering, like talking to any new player and being like, "Hey, damage controls. What does IFFA stand for?" They're like, "I don't, I don't know." <laughs> right. Uh, it used to be like internal force field array or something. That yep. used to be like the yeah. best named one. The worst one are the guns right. where. Like Scout are like the best Mimitar order cannons, but then like Scout is only like tier three for railguns or something. So yep. it's like, I was gonna say oh. for Galente. <laughs> it's terrible. And then uh, so Satoni, you said you were doing the the event with CCP Fozzie. Wanna give us a quick rundown as far as like um how the sites are structured and the limitations and stuff? Yeah, so uh, they only spawn in low sec, which is kind of interesting. So you won't be able to run them in high sec. You also won't be able to run them in Nullsec too, so Nullsec's like super cool, right, because it's generally not really owned by any one group, it's more of like a contested battleground and the restrictions are really like really weird, but also I think really cool too, in that they only allow ships with heavy missiles fitted to them excluding the Tengu and the Loki, and CCB Fozzy said that the meta in these sites is like really weird but like potentially cool right because there's no logi that can get into these sites with the loki and tengu band and then there's no frigates or destroyers allowed anyway so you have this kind of like cool like weird like plex that has like a different meta where there's like no logi there's no like frigate destroyers no tackle stuff it's, it's just like cruiser yeah. and battle cruiser only oh and okay. battleship with rapid heavies oh okay interesting <laughs> but that yeah it's like a neat. very like uh very like cruiser up meta which is interesting so what are um, the rats like in it yeah so the rats are also like a, a like a, i think they're a lot more like interesting than regular rats they just are like you know paper thin dps checks like these rats are actually based off of um the ships that they are named after with tech one fits and like you know like level three skills or something I think CB Fuzzy said. So like you see a, see a comorant in the site, like a Dragonor's comorant, and it's actually like fit just like a like regular player comorant, just with bad skills and tech one modules. And does it use that same like enhanced AI that you see like you know uh, Triglavian rats and and the uh, burner rats and stuff like that? It uses that AI. I don't know if they if it's using like more advanced AI. Um, I'm not too sure actually. I didn't actually ask Fuzzy. But what's what's cool about this though is that there's a lot of like tackle and like different roles for the different ships. So there's I believe there's like six different NPCs. So you have a Manticore, which just does like uh, it shoots out Sanchatorps. It does like explosive and kinetic damage, and so that's like really dangerous to bigger ships, but it's not really that dangerous to cruisers. Then you have the Comorants that are just like long-range railgun fit, but they do have uh, long points. 
Then you have uh, caracals that are just like max tank, like heavy missile boats. Then you, ha you have mowers, which also aren't that interesting. They're like max tank railgun ships. Then you have like an Osprey Navy issue NPC that just like charges you down and it has a, a, a scram web and newts on it. <laughs> yeah, and, and then there's also like a Drake NPC, which is like brick tanked with a web and a scram too. So what's what's really interesting about these sites is like the rats will actively like scram web you, and you can't and it's like actual scrams from the Drake and the Osprey Navy, so you can't MGD out. So like while you're running these sites, you're also in like a lot of danger. You can't just be like aligned out to a station or you know like MGD ready to just like blink out if someone comes in. That's awesome. And the the million dollar question here is: Have you got any BPCs for the new shield slaves? Oh no, I haven't. I, I think I ran like five or six sites, and I didn't get a. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get any BPC drop. I haven't looked at the market much in Gita and, and seen if they've they're kind of populating yet. But I wonder how common they are. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure. Um, I ran, I think, five or six, and I didn't get a drop. I, I saw in Gita that there was like a biota for the high grade Omega for like five bill. I think there's a lot of like shield super owners that are like really keen to get their hands on them. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, that sounds pretty sweet. Uh, but let's kind of pivot into our main the main topic of today, and that is uh, essentially we're going to cover kind of a guide, kind of discussion on new to PvP players. So not only just new players to Eve that want to get into PvP. But also established players or maybe younger players that are kind of they've already cut their teeth but you want to get into pvp and you don't really know how to get there so this is the episode for you if you have friends that want to get into eve send them a link to this episode if, if you have court mates who express that they want to get into pvp you know send them this episode so this is a big one i mean we're this is going to take a while but to start uh, we'll kind of cover genera generalities and then we'll kind of pinpoint what you should fly for each kind of like a class of player, if you will. So the first question we'll, we'll ask is, um, is where should you go? Like hypothetically, you've already found a group or, you know, we'll get into that stuff later, but where are you going to go? Where's a good area of a space to focus on? So how about you, Setonia? When you started PVP, what did you do? And do you think that still applies today? Oh, when I started PvP, I was most I started PvP in like a higher sec Wardek Corp. But I mean, like a lot of the PvP there was like intelligence rather than like you know like actual PvP and how we flew in the fights. So like when I really started like getting into solo was like when I went into Nolsec with a uh, frigate. Like at the time, I was flying like a interceptor Tyrannus, and I would get into like dog like other dog fights against other interceptors in my Tyrannus, and I just flew the same setup like tons of times like i think i've still i'm still uh like the top like tyrannus user in the entire game at least according to zq board because i have like 2.4k kills in it or something so i just like got like made a fit and just like flew it like constantly for probably like a year i'd say that's actually quite impressive i just looked you are uh and Napasic is catching up. He's at 2276. So I don't know if he's active, but you better get back in it and push your gap <laughs> a little bit, buddy. <laughs> and that's that's kind of like the one I hear that in faction warfare is the one I kind of hear the most, you know, like frigates and null um challenging 
you know, it's a challenging environment, but uh, I, I think that I think that's still viable. Just going out, you know, solo kestrel, solo frigates, whatever you want to do. Um, how about you, Blood? How did you start start getting into it? Yeah, I started in faction warfare uh, with frigates, and I, I've actually had like multiple discussions with people about, you know, is it best to start with frigates? Is it best to start with cruisers? Kind of where where that line is, and so the the argument and the perspective I have around frigates is um, that so the the fights themselves are very fast paced, and that is a a detriment most of the time. Uh, for a new player, you know, you can you can end up having died before really understanding what was going on, uh, and so that that has like been a, a main point in conversation. But the thing I like about frigate fights is it's mostly about preparation. Your success is often dependent on how you chose to engage more than what you know. Uh, what your your damage output was or something like that um the other part that i really like about frigates is i think one of the hardest things to manage when you're first getting into pvp is actually the financial backing to provide your ships and so frigates obviously being less expensive is um a way to minimize that cost of learning and and gaining experience and so uh that's kind of the other main point and why i recommend frigates but it, it's also uh, some of it i think comes down to your social preference or dynamic um there are definitely some people who prefer to roam and pvp with other people and in that area like talking about tech one cruisers and and getting into nano right a small group of five or six and you can learn from those other players is really really beneficial um i i just started out in low sec because the mechanics that are there um with with complexes are really helpful and and those frigates are very low cost um and that gives you just more exposure like i've also talked about uh tunnel vision or or getting like the pvp shakes and the more exposure you have to fights, eventually the more you learn to be calm in those situations and kind of evaluate, okay, where am I at? What What is going on? Do I have control of the situation? Um, and you start to tunnel vision less and less and remember to hit your D scan or look at your enemy's speed or things like that, the, the little details and those details, going back to that preparation side of things, those details are what allow you to win the fight before you are engaging. Um, and you can you can come up with a plan or, you know, uh, kind of figure out how you're going to engage or how you're going to keep yourself defensively postured to escape. And that that takes that that's when you start really, I feel like, being successful in PvP. That's fair. My the way I got into PvP is a little different than both of you guys. So I joined a training corp that uh, it was Noir Academy, um, basically. So they they had instructors who were in Noir the Mercenary Corp, and uh, we did a lot on Sissy, and we did basically exactly that. Right, we just um, set out and learned how to PvP. So I don't know. Uh, 
all viable ways. Uh, I mean, and we'll get into them a little more when we talk about corpse. Yeah, I think I think like low sec is good, null sec is good. They each have their nuances, and then uh, I think roaming high sec is uh, not productive. <laughs> yeah, I think I think high sec is is probably your. I I doubt that that's the best way to go. There's PvP, but it's it's really hyper specialized, and so it's definitely not something where you would I would recommend starting there. Yeah, I mean, high sec PvP, I think, is more like information warfare rather than like actual PvP. It's more like trying to hide like as much advantages, like you know, like hybrid slaves and alts and things, as you can to make the, the other guys engage, or you know, like running locator agents and tracking people down. Like there isn't really like any like fights, I'd say, that aren't like completely one sided and over by the time they start in like most situations. Yeah, I was thinking like there's some fun stuff around suspect baiting. Uh, but that is also pretty one-sided. Um, it's just like it takes a lot of moving pieces to pull it off well, and I've seen some some people do some really cool stuff with that. But yeah, it's it's hyper specialized in that kind of area, and it is also a lot about information in terms of tricking someone into engaging a an NEO or something, and then uh, you know setting it up so you can uh, switch out to different ships or kind of things like that. So how about low sec? So Faction warfare low sec. That's probably like the most obvious low sec. You you could go to non faction warfare, but for the sake of the show, if you're a new player getting into PvP, new new to PvP player, uh, you probably should focus on faction warfare when it comes to low sec. Uh, so let's spend a few minutes kind of talking about the pros and cons of that. So the pros are uh, there are quite a few targets in faction warfare low sec. Uh, if you join one of the factions, you're essentially cutting your targets in half, but you won't necessarily take the status security hit and you won't necessarily, you know, ha have to deal with, well, I guess it's a double-edged sword because you'll have more friends because you'll have militia members. So more people to fleet up with, hopefully, if you're not kind of in the situation where you have, you're in a corp that wants to roam, right? Oh, I think the advantage of like joining a faction in factional warfare as, as part of a uh, instead of being a pirate is generally that it helps pay for your ship losses like if you capture a a novice plex in like a tech 2 fit tech 1 frigate then you pretty much like pay for your fit the same with like if you capture like if you like take something like a tech 2 fit thrasher and you capture a small plex then you pretty much like pay for your thrasher loss so you know like one of the things that like I've seen like other people kind of like learn pvp in fw is that they will they'll take something like a thrasher and they'll like capture a small plex first and you know like maybe only take fights that they're really comfortable taking but then like once you capture that small plex you can then like be like a lot more aggressive because you know like if you died like you already replaced your ship sort of thing yeah that makes sense and i i think you're also another benefit when you're new to being there is the scope of ships is probably a lot smaller you're more likely to see a lot of you know, frigs, T1 frigs, faction frigs, up to cruisers, and the odd battle cruiser and battleship. But you know, you're not going to have quite as much in, in the sense of like how you would in nullsec, right? Yeah, there's like a very like structured meta. Like you know, like in a novice plex, you're very likely to see certain ships, and there's certain ships that like everyone avoids, like worms and gamas, and you know, there's like strong ships that people engage, like comets and hook bills and you're going to see be seeing the same fits a lot 
and a lot of people like fly the same sort of like fits almost identically in F FW. So it's very easy for you to like kind of know what you're dealing with when you see something on, on grid or come into your Plex. Nice for sure. And I guess one of the biggest problems people have with faction warfare low stick that I've heard is, um, is there's a lot of people around that will just run like super blingy high grade snakes and, and high grade talismans and stuff like that and make the fight almost un unwinnable for you. Um, but I, I don't know, that's, that happens everywhere realistically. So it may be a difficult lesson to learn a little bit, but, um, you know, you'll eventually get used to that and you should, because it'll be everywhere in Eve. Well, yeah. Another thing is you're also fighting against people who generally are like very experienced with the ship that they're flying and tend to have like a lot more combat experience, I'd say, than like the average Nolsec player who's in a like defense gang. And it's also, a lot, I think it's a lot harder to like leverage your like lower skill points to, to kill something because things gen are more generalized in FW rather than specialized. Like in uh, Nolsec, for example, if you take out a frigate, you can very easily kill things like, you know, like electronic attack frigates. Like if you catch a hyena or a Karis or something out of position or interceptors, like, like get overconfident and like follow your tech one frigate to the sun or something. And then you can just obliterate them before the gang arrives. Whereas like, even if you're in the, like if you're in a tech one frigate, even if you like play perfectly and like completely outplay your opponent, like generally you can still lose just because of you know, like stats that they have extra, which is like frustrating sometimes. So I kind of feel like you like might not have as much target, so it might like feel a lot more frustrating. But I, I don't know. I think what I'm saying is like kind of weird that like I I I feel like I would feel like a lot, I feel a lot more confident myself like flying in Nolsec on a lower SP character than I feel flying in FW. Because I feel like FW is a lot more like hit hit or miss. But it, it might just be because that's where, like, m my experience is almost entirely in no sec. Yeah, I was going to say, because, like, I'm the exact opposite. But a lot of it has to do with my frigate experience is so central around low sec that I feel more comfortable uh, flying certain ships on, on alpha characters or, or something in low sec. Um, a lot of that really comes down to complex mechanics and, like, being able to use those warp in points to my advantage because you know one of the one of the things i feel like is a biggest limiting factor with low skill points and also to an extent if, if you're someone who's not as experienced is like your speed and, and catching someone but in the complexes on the inside you always know where they're going to land so you can set up to be ready for them to to come in and and land on you or you know, uh, you can kind of use that to your advantage. So that's kind of like a big part of why I feel more comfortable in that area. But um, that's also just like, I think, part of based on my experience. All right. Well, let's talk about NullSec a little bit then. Um, and after we describe these, we'll kind of just go through and each say which one we recommend. So in NullSec, you've got a bigger variation of ships a bigger variation of players because generally in low sec, the majority of them are PVP players while in null sec, well, the, quite frankly, the majority of them are PVE players. Um, so it, it, it's, it's definitely a different dynamic. And then you also have a lot bigger groups than in low sec. Um, so it, it's definitely something you have to kind of watch and think about. Um, 
I really like Nullsec PvP. I prefer it over Lowsec. Um, it, it's I like how dynamic it is. The the blobbing and stuff doesn't really get me down. It happens. It's just something people have to get used to. Um, so I don't know. Where do you guys feel like newer P players getting introduced to PvP with with uh, Nullsec PvP would 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 land like? I think no sec or quite like I think the two like to be successful in low sec you need to have like much better like micro mechanics. What I mean by that is like like being able to fly your ship successfully. Whereas in no sec it's a lot more about macro mechanics with like spilling people up and you know like being able to use the map to find people, being able to like get people uh, like angry at you and you know like overcommit and you know bring out the right ships for you. Things like like things that are sort of like outside of a PvP engagement, whereas like low sec is a lot more about just like, you know, flying your ship the best way you can. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Like, um, I think the scope is much bigger in no sec. And so where I actually like it is I like low sec for frigates and destroyers. And then I like no sec for anything bigger de than destroyers, but even like, tech three destroyers and up i would i go to null sec i just find that i encounter more variety and um you know that that kind of getting people to react and things like that tends to be better in in null sec with those bigger ish ships um whereas the the low sec area when you when you get into something too uh aggressive i'd say uh there's a lot of frigates in that space that just they don't want to be involved with you or they don't want to fight you so you kind of um end up just kind of running around uh without as much response to you as you do in in nullsec in those kind of cruisers and stuff and that kind of like the other thing about nullsec is it's very vast right and there tends to be in most nullsec spaces uh people concentrated into one area like maybe a constellation or whatever the case is and then a fair bit of gap between, uh, you know, more dense population. And that's one of the reasons that CCP changed uh, the warp speed, made those recent warp speed changes where larger ships got a little bit of a break. Um, so that leads us to our next kind of means of roaming, and that was the yeet filaments, right? So, like, I don't think, you know, anyone would say anything bad about these, that they're like amazing it's it's the closest thing you can get an eve currently to uh like queuing for a battleground essentially right I, I i love them i think they just they make the time to get to somewhere so quick they make the opportunity that there's going to be people active there much higher like i i yeah i just think they're awesome and even like as a solo player like solo cruiser get in like a vexer or something you know a cheap but like viable cruiser and you eat somewhere for three million isk boom like you know if you die awesome like if you if you kill something awesome but yeah like i think they're they're almost like i would prefer doing yeats over uh trying to cruise around low sec in a cruiser or cruise around, like going into entry systems and null sec in a cruiser. Like, I think I would rather just eat somewhere and, and die. Like, 
Yeah, another cool thing about them too is it kind of uh, means you can stage from almost anywhere in EVE. So even if you are uh, like maybe you're more of a PvE focused player and you do like high sec PvE like missions or something, you can just have a stack of these filaments in Jitter. And then you, as soon as you want to PvP, you can just get a few people together and then just teleport out from Jitter. It also makes it a lot easier to live in like maybe like a, you know, like a more dead area of like no sec or low sec or. You know, like as an alternative to doing something else, like you could be like an FW PVPer that's living in like Mimitar Losec, and then you can just teleport out to Nosec when you want to do like Nosec stuff. So it definitely like helps diversify your content without having to like live in a place like Ferro or a C2 wormhole, which requires like a lot more work and a lot more logistics. Yeah, and like even if this is, I think eats are like the most accessible form of PVP for. A new like especially people that are a little bit established because like you say it doesn't matter where you base so you could just convince some of your buddies in your corp that you're already friends with like hey man let's try these yeats like let's i'm gonna research a comp what kind of ships can you fly let's put together a three or four man comp next thursday and do this and you know it's so accessible and it kind of brings me to the one downside that i have of yeats kind of the only downside is that uh, you kind of have to expect that you're going to die, I think, going in, right? Or you're going to spend a considerable amount of time. You're going to have to like plan ahead how you're going to get home. So you, I think the most viable way would be to bring a ship with probes so you can scan a wormhole. It's pretty easy. Within a half hour, you should be able to have a, a route to high sec. Um, or, you know, just bring enough filaments to continue eating until you get a null sec uh, area that's close to lower high sec so you can log out or npc space where you can dock at an npc station something like that right so um if you may have to leave you can bring a mobile depot and a cloak and just kind of cloak up and hang for a bit that's what i do sometimes but that is the, that is the downside you kind of have to expect that your ship is going to be dead so fly something cheap if you, if that concerns you right one of the cool things with them that I'm really gonna miss though is that they were like really like a really good answer to like people who like don't want to fight you and just camp you in. Like they just won't bother to probe you or like come onto like an actual grid with you. They'll just like sit on a gate with a camp with like capitals normally and they just like won't like do they'll like camp you in forever, but they won't actually like probe you or like actually come to the grid that you're on. And so like just being able to like get out of those pockets with them is just it was like so good. I mean, I remember us having to do that multiple times in the same room in like fraternity space, like <laughs> because that that was what they would do to us. And yeah, it was uh, like it, it gives you another escape route other than wormholes, um, and so that's just super fun, um, really helpful too. Well, did we did we kind of miss anything on like the where to roam, how to roam type thing? Um, it, it's pretty like broad discussion. We didn't get super involved in it but uh i think we kind of did a basic coverage of it it's pretty easy like realistically if you're in jita there's low sec and null sec areas you can roam within 20 jumps right like you can get up into tribute go through mo kind of thing probably fun to fight there or you can get into some of the kaldari low sec right so uh you can just try them both if you're a newer player and and figure out what you like right one night go here and then another night try over here see what happens yeah, and if anyone has specific questions, like this is kind of general, you know, hit us up in Discord, send us mails, 
any of that. And, you know, we're happy to try and be more specific and um, give specific examples, that kind of stuff. So let's say maybe you're in a corp and it, like you've been dabbling in Eve, you're like three, four months in, whatever. You're not super happy with the corp you're in and you've decided you're going to leave your corp and pursue joining a more PVP focused corp. Um, so what kind of stuff should, would you look for Setonia if you were, if you were like a newer player fitting the description here for the corp you were going to join? Well, I mean, the, the obvious things, right, is like, you probably want a corp that plays in the same time zone as you and are like happy to teach you and not like super try hard. Like generally you want people who are good and like are going to tell you when you're doing things wrong, but they're not going to be like super anal about it. Because like, you need to learn, right? So like being in a corp where like no one tells you that you're fucking up is bad, but you also don't really want to be in a corp that like rages at you hardcore all the time and just makes you want to quit. Yeah, exactly. I think there's definitely you, you have to have the mentality of like uh, of teamwork, right? Competitiveness a little bit. So like if if you were playing basketball and like the dude you continually passed the ball to just never had his head up, wasn't watching the play and like literally the ball floated over his shoulders four times you're not going to just sit there and not say anything you're going to tell him hey man fucking watch me when i'm coming down the court like i'm, I'm looking at you i'm gonna throw you the ball it's the same thing with pvp like you you want to find people that are going to give you feedback you're going to make mistakes it's how you're going to learn it's the the reality of it um so i i agree with you completely that's a big one um you're you're going to want to find like community helps eve is a very social game right so finding people who are like-minded that maybe you you enjoy the company of is big um and then the other one is like the the location they're gonna live in right so where they stage are they a null sec sob holding group do they live in npc null do they live in wormholes do they live in high sec like what what is it right yeah i think one of the benefits just in terms of a game mechanic of joining a corp because you can you can still interact with a group of people and not be in their same corp but um, by joining a corp if they have a, a headquarters or an office in a in a, a system or a station um, there's the opportunity for shared assets and like for instance in furnace we have corporate hangers that are like things like ammo or cap boosters um some corps will will put in ships into those like tech one cruisers or you know usually it's the the less expensive kind of ships but that shared asset um just it just means that things are kind of simplified and more available and you can grab stuff and and kind of go that's definitely like i think one of the benefits of the mechanic of joining a corporation Right, and some of the corps uh, will even give you ISK for ships you lose, right? Ship replacement programs. And that will even apply to small gang in some groups, right? Like the bigger the group, the more of those little little like benefits you're going to have, creature comforts, right? So like, let's talk about some of those groups, some of those big groups that have wild benefits. Um, so those are like your pandemic hordes, your, you know, your tests, although test isn't really a new player group anymore. They used to be, I'm sure they have yep. a group there that, that is easy to get into. Brave um, newbies. Brave. Yeah. And, and Karma fleet would be the goon swarm, uh, equivalent. Are they, are they still kind of doing that? Um, newer player focus and lots of isk rewards for like, for PVP. 
I'm pretty sure they are. Like, I was in Commonly, I think, like, two or three years ago, and they used to have, like, something called, like, Shit Stack SRP, where you would literally get, like, SRP for flying anything during peacetime. Like, you could, you got, like, 20 million ISK for losing, like, a faction frigate or something. So you could literally, like, fly fire towers for almost for free. And yeah, they still do like uh, new player focused training. I think like the the advantages of these like big groups, right, is so you do get SRP, and you also tend to be able to make money a lot quicker in those groups because like things that little players can do, like you know, like Vex and Navy issue running, or I guess it's Mermidon running now, or like salvaging. <laughs> uh, you know, like those things are like super accessible and super safe in those groups. But then the the problems you're gonna run into is that I think it's like those groups just aren't really focused around small gang. Like they might have people in them that do do small gangs, and they might have like you know special interest groups or SIGs or whatever they call them where they do do small gangs. But generally speaking, like you're gonna have a lot harder time finding them, and you're also gonna run into issues of like blues, especially in some of these big groups like uh, Test or Goons where. There's like eight or nine regions that, well, I, I I don't think it's like eight or nine regions for goons, but it can definitely feel like that, right? Where you have like, like I know like Test has like almost everything from like Catch to like, uh, through to like Impasse and uh, Omist, through to like Paragon Soul Blue, like at least like six or seven regions of the game where you can't like PvP. Can you imagine eating and you just land in the blue donut? Like, oh. Feels bad, but def there's definitely that. And then there's also like, like you mentioned, not everyone does small gang. And I think that's kind of a trap you have to watch out for um, because it's easy to fall into the culture, which uh, occasionally is quite toxic against people roaming into your space where uh, you, you just want to dock up and ignore them, which I think is bad and vice versa. You just want to held on them with, caps or you know ridiculously hard counters right like so i think both of those things are, are quite bad culture wise like that i wouldn't i wouldn't provoke that if i was in those group trying to like design design the court the group culture i would you know want my players to learn how to give fights and get people to take fights and still win right like rather than just rely on superior numbers and up shipping i don't know that's my opinion yeah. but no like so i think the the advantage of that that isk fine that financial kind of status is is pretty is a good thing but yeah there's definitely like those downsides and uh one conversation or one like counterpoint that's been brought up before is that people roam to you so that you you know you don't have to go searching out a fight but the problem there that I see a lot of times is the people coming in to like hoard to fight them, right? Like they are generally well coordinated or whatever. They're there to get a fight. So it's harder to have a learning experience from that. Um, and especially if, if your side's not coordinating very well, the learning opportunity is lower. And so while it might be a little bit easier in some senses, the, the ceiling for improvement isn't as attainable and uh, you know talking with other people and saying hey what how did i mess up here what was what what could i improve on 
that process doesn't seem to happen as as much um that that can kind of like limit your growth in in pvp and um so that's kind of like the the negative that i see in in some of those aspects um but yeah it's a lot of it is dependent on what your goals are and and how you want to approach that i think like I want to say a group like Stimulus uh, and Rote Capel. I've flown with them a few times, and they're they're good dudes. And like every time I've interacted with them, they uh, are very open and willing to teach. And at the same point, they're um, I think they currently have SOV, so they have like this mix of of things. But they're not like a big group. They're not dropping capitals and and stuff. It's like um, they seem kind of more on that that smaller like if someone wanted to kick them out of their space, they probably could, um, you know, but they're, they're owning a, a little corner of NullSec just for money-making opportunities or what have you. So um, that's kind of like, uh, in terms of NullSec, like I would look for like something like that, a, a small group, but that has a really big focus on PVP. And um, and and then hopefully you get some of the, the best of both worlds, but... Yeah, I, I think there's definitely disadvantages to going into one of those bigger groups from the start and and kind of the opportunity to get indoctrinated, if you will, with this kind of ivory tower mentality of, well, these people, they came into our space, um, you know, either we have to crush them or not fight them at all. I think that's that's not the, the mentality that I, you know, at least in our podcast, we like to promote like it's not as fun for us i don't know so yeah i think the fastest way to get good at pvp and eve would be to find a group of people who who are active and like good themselves who have no knowledge who roam a lot and maybe these are people who don't recruit a lot of new players but you're just persistent you do something that catches their attention um so like if you wanted to join furnace and you're a brand new player, maybe you like literally come out to Venal and like talk to us in our Discord and public channels. And you're like, man, I like flew out here and you know, like passed this gate camp or this gate camp killed me. And like you die and you learn and you're persistent and stuff like that. Eventually somebody might take you under their wing. And that's the best environment you could be in where you're in a corp of experienced players who like took you under their wing and you're going to be quite active and roam with them and they're going to point at all your mistakes and and laugh and have fun and it's going to be like the best environment because to me like small graying the environment makes it so much more fun when like everyone's laughing and you're having a good time and then when the fight starts it's like serious business right that's what i love about small gang and I think the only way to get it as a new player would be to kind of do what I said, like be really, really persistent. Um, don't do that with like a tryhard group. Like there's no way the the most tryhard groups, like, you know, the Gorn Clade slash code dudes, like those guys, they're not going to take a new player in. Um, but some of the other groups that are skilled, but maybe not super tryhard all the time are, you know, there's a chance that it, that could happen. I don't know. Maybe we should talk a little bit about Wormhole Corps then. Because uh, they're they're kind of interesting, right? I think the disadvantages of wormhole corps is you tend to like like it's really hard as a new player, right? Because like the isk making opportunities, uh, 
like you know like farming c5 sites or you know like even farming some of the lower end sites like c3s uh it's pretty difficult with like low sp and not having like access to like a faction cruiser or something and you also need to do like a ton of work as well with bookmarks although hopefully if you join like a good wormhole corp they'll already have that done for you as well as uh, you know like rolling and things like that and you also have like uh, logistic problems too. Like, you know, if you get potted, you have to like get back to your wormhole, which sometimes can take a long time if you don't have a chain. You also have uh, a few other issues too. Although there, there is like exploration, I guess, that you can do to get some isk as a new player. But the advantages are that it's like a lot more tight knit and you can kind of like come out of nowhere and tend to be able to fight people who don't normally have uh, people visiting them. So they tend to be like a little more green. And it's a bit easier to to get kills. Yeah, and I think you, you make a good point about the new player and wormhole thing. I think if you're already an explorer, maybe you've like done high sec exploration, you really understand uh, probing mechanics, and you know that would be a, a really good uh, solution to someone like that that wants to really get into PvP, right? Um, but it, it, the the bar to entry is a little bit higher than than other case based corps, just due to the the nature of wormholes, but. I, I don't mean I, I lived in a C2 null for a while. I love it. Uh, it's it's really unique and good gameplay. And you know the tryhard groups roll really really hard, but you don't have to roll. You can just pop out your null sec and you know roam from there and scan out your chain and and everything like that. So yeah, finally uh, low sec. Uh, I'd say like FW Corp is probably where you'd be as a new player. And like I think the advantage of a, a low set corp is that you can kind of do your own thing as well. Like if you don't have people on at the same time as you, although you should really join a, a corp that's in the same time zone as you. But maybe you're someone who's like uh, logging in at weird times, or you don't have like a constant game pattern or something. Like it's very easy for you to just like log in and just you know go capture a plex by yourself, and it's like a lot easier to like find like content in these like small plex brawls or something. But you just, I don't think you have like the same kind of like high level, like PvP. It's not as exciting to me as uh, Norsec is personally, but it's definitely, yeah. I'd say, like a lot easier, like on logistics. Like it's a lot easier to kind of do things yourself when you can just like use a hauler, even if you only have like a tech one hauler or something, or just your own character. If you're not like low sec, you can just like take like a bunch of frigates like the edge of like low sec where a high sec station is and it's not like too terrible and those stations tend to have like stuff you can buy anyway and like logistics aren't terrible because like some dudes can normally just jump a jump freighter there straight from high sec yeah exactly and i another nice thing about the groups in faction war for low sec too or just the nature of it is that you can dock up at, at any time basically like for the most part so it's much more it caters more to like interrupted gameplay is a good way to put it um so yeah if you have a kid or something where you know you might need to dock up at a moment's notice yeah so <laughs> when when my i have three kids and uh they're old enough now but well they're three my youngest are, are three but when they were younger i'd have to be interrupted a lot right um throughout the night and stuff so i always flew cob ops cloaked ships in uh in Nullsec. that's when i did a lot of my stratios type stuff right so <laughs> but definitely low sec would would work for that as well um so i guess there's also i, I want to mention e uni 
uh, that's Eve University. They're a, a, a new, probably in my opinion, they're probably the best, like if you're a new player and you want to learn the game and get a good base to then move on somewhere else, that's a really good place to, to go. And they do have PVP focused uh, groups, or I think they call them campuses. Um, I know I've seen like some some guys in the less than ten Discord from EUni and and talking about different things they do for their pilots to try and encourage and make PVP learning PVP easier for them. So that's also an option. Um, I, I'm sorry I don't have more information on it. I've never been in EUni myself, but I just wanted to mention them as well. But yeah, uh, let's. I mean, if you are hunting for a corp, just avoid people who like claim they do everything. If, these are notes that Blood wrote, but he's having mic issues right now, so I'm just going to talk about his stuff. <laughs> so don't join a group that claim to do a bit of everything. Um, look for a group that, like, pr like, they do PvP, and maybe they do some PvE or something else to fund their PvP, but find a group that wants to PvP, and find a group that cares about you PvPing, and find a group that doesn't just... Um, you know, accept you immediately. Like, oh, you want in? Come on in. Like, find a group that has a bit of a recruitment process and get on comms and talk with them first and see what it's like, you know. Um, like in Furnace, the the way we do recruitment in Furnace and a lot of other corps is if somebody wants to join and they kind of like have the prereqs, then we just put them on trial and they come out and fly with us. And if they don't impress people with their personality and feel like they fit in they won't get in it's just that simple so now we're going to kind of quickly talk about like the three different groups of people who would be new to pvp the first one is going to be like an alpha player that's either new or established but an alpha player so they're limited by sp uh a, a new player uh who's omega who would then be limited by uh SP and likely ISK as well, unless they like Botplex or something like that. And the last would be an established player that that you know has some stable income, that has some good game knowledge, and then they're looking to get into PvP. So, Satonia, so the main reason, or well, one of the good reasons we had you on today is because uh, you've done quite a bit of work with alpha fits with frigates, right? Like I've seen you make videos and stuff like that with alpha characters flying alpha frigs, right? Yeah, well, I did a uh, an alpha Kestrel video, which was uh, really popular, and that was before the the alphas got buffed. I killed a Hercati and a Gamma in a in an alpha Kestrel, and I was like really proud of that. As well as got like a few other nice kills. I think that's sort of what like really uh, started off my sort of YouTube fame too. Was like flying uh, like the old trial accounts. I flew uh, like Executioner and uh, I think the Rifter. And uh, like I got a ton of like really good kills in them, like especially like you know garmas and things. Yeah, that's awesome. That it like it's like Eve on hard mode, right? You know when you have like these uh, massive SP uh, deficiencies, right? So so let's go through a couple of the roles, and and we don't have to get too tight into the fit because we can post them uh, in the show notes. There's a Google Doc. Are you're okay if we post that up? Yeah, that's fine. Cool. So we'll put that up. Um, so let's just kind of talk about what you're going to be doing as an alpha character in a small gang PvP group. Well, sort of the uh, the obvious one, first of all, is you know what you see people say all the time, which is you know tackle. 
So the, the idea here is that you're going to be like holding people down. Obviously, it doesn't matter what ship you're in. A frigate can point something just as well as a, a battleship can. And so uh, the fit that I posted for this was a condor. I went with the condor because it's, uh, it's, I think it's a little more fun than a slasher, which is like more of like a pure uh, tackler. How I'd like to fly this is uh, like fly maybe with like a more experienced interceptor pilot in your gang. So I, unfortunately, I don't think the tech one figures are really all that survivable because the interceptors are not only really fast or they're much faster and they have like point range bonuses, but they have a big bonus, which is a uh, reduced SIG per level. And if you have interceptors level five, it's a uh, minus 75% SIG, which is like a massive reduction on the MWD penalty or like minus 60% with uh, level four. So how I like kind of like to fly this is you have like a more experienced tackler who you can kind of shadow a little bit and then you're like picking up like a secondary point and you you may like also like maybe like stay back with your gang a little bit and just like shoot people with your like missiles and then like you come in and like scram off and try and screen for your gang when something comes in like a jagger or something like if you're willing to like you know sacrifice yourself and like put yourself in the firing line so like an omen navy or some more experienced pilot in your gang doesn't get tackled then you'll definitely make a lot of friends yeah absolutely and i think the key there is like people kind of joke and and shit on like the the ramming hero tackle pilots because they're the easiest to frag when you're fighting them right but I don't think you're quite saying that. Like you say, it's it's uh, situational. Like you're going to hang back and pick that target that you're going to ram and almost sacri maybe sacrifice yourself to. But you're doing so with purpose. You're doing so to uh, keep them from getting tackle on someone else in your gang that, you know, it, it would be really bad to get hard tackled. So uh, I, I completely agree. I think this Condor that you posted looks pretty cool. And I can't echo the signature radius problem enough like you're gonna pick up quite a bit of damage when things shoot you compared to a stiletto or a, or a crow in the condor's case right yeah and those are like two ships that are like very natural transitions for this condor is you know like into like a more traditional interceptor like the uh, stiletto that we mentioned or the maldiction for like more armor focused or you can have the gamma which is like sort of more of like this just with like bigger point range and more dps yeah, for sure. The Garmer is super cool. All right. What's the, the and, and that's the Condor. Like it doesn't, so Alphas can train into any of the races, right? That was one of the buffs, right? Because before it was, didn't they only get their racial ships or something like that? Yeah. So before you could only fly like the race that you started out as, which was kind of yeah. frustrating. So I'm sure like this, this ship, you know, it does not take long to get into this Condor compared to, if you're, a, you know, a Minmatar pilot with the slasher, right? Um, you could also kind of mimic this this fit with most frigates. Uh, and I mean, this this fit is like basically the way you'd fit a, an interceptor as well. It's very similar. Um, so you know, you could kind of mimic it or or ask your ask in the less than ten Discord if you're an alpha pilot. Hell, I would love to see some alpha pilots hop in Discord and and ask for fits. I think that'd be super cool. Um, so if you can't fly in the, the Condor yet, you don't want to train into it, just, yeah, ask someone. Uh, you can do it in any frig. So next, you have uh, an interesting Ewar uh, fit in the Mollus, right? So what do you see? How, how do you see this kind of pilot affecting the gang? 
Uh, so the Maulus uh, Damps are probably like the most powerful E-War for small gangs. I also think the like the most powerful E-War as a like a newer player too, because they kind of need the least experience to use well. I think like tracking disruptors and guidance disruptors, you kind of need to use them on specific targets. So you need to like kind of memorize what has guns, what doesn't, as well as like ECM has like racial types and like you still get shot. So you need to like be good at mitigating damage. The idea behind this Maulus is that it's got more of a focus on like cap regeneration because uh, alpha alpha skills are like really bad when it comes to like running damps well as prop. But with this fit, so you've got like the LFT enduring sensor dampeners, which use like a lot less cap. But if you're like a more experienced player, like you mentioned, like uh, an Omega clone that's new or like you're a more established player that's trying to get into PvP, you can easily upgrade those to like phased muon ones. Uh, so the idea of this fit is you can actually perma-run the micro-warp drive and the two damps, well, even with alpha skills. So you can keep your two damps and just like burn around and focus on positioning. And you can just damp out one target. Like generally, even like an alpha Maulus is probably going to shut down one target for your gang. And then that way you... And because there's like no cap concerns, you can kind of focus on your positioning, which is probably like the key thing that you're going to need to learn. And then... What I do is I have like the third damp just like preheated. And if anyone in your gang like calls for like X to be damped, you just put that damp on and just try and uh, micromanage your cap whenever you're like comfortable with your positioning by like turning off your MWD and, you know, like not primer running the third damp. And it's got like a plate and damage control with a small ancillary. But the small ancillary is more like repping you up after you leave the grid rather than something that you can sustain on grid. It's basically just like a tech one Keras. And it does have a, a small capacitor control circuit as well as two range rigs. But you can drop the, once you get like uh, more SP, if you're not an alpha account, you can upgrade that to uh, like a damp strength rig. And obviously this naturally translates into a Keras, which is another like really powerful small gang ship. Yeah, I, I love the carries. It's a... Uh... It kind of combines the aspects of the, these two previous ships too, right? Because it gets a tackle range bonus as well as the E-War bonuses. So you, interestingly enough, can fly kind of like an E-War slash tackle ship. Um, so yeah, it, it, I, I, like, I love the smallest. It's uh, super cool. Alternatively, if you didn't want to fly the Galente E-War, I mean, you could do a, a an ECM uh, Alpha Frig, right? Uh, the Minmatar one, you're going to have a bonus to target painting, which is kind of meh, but it, it might help if you're in a specialized gang that's kind of bigger, help your Oracle apply. <laughs> um, yeah, eh. I, 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 yeah, I would probably go with the Mollus or the, or the Kaldari, I, I think. ECM, I'm kind of more of a fan of ECM now than, than in the past. Um, it's not near as strong. I, I think it's not necessarily dishonorable. People might disagree with me, but <laughs> I think now that you can get some good gameplay out of ECM ships. I think with the prevalence of uh, Triglavian ships, like ECM in the current mechanic is actually like really good. Like it's in a good balance spot and it has like more uses than just to break Logi or something or to, to really just be a jerk and shut someone out. Um, like being able to reset the ramp of a... Uh, of a triglavian ship is like really really useful um and so i i've like i'm in the same boat as you now i think like ecm is in a much better spot and i'm if i 
see one on grid, it's still high priority, but I'm not like, oh, they're just, they're just being jerks. It's like, no, I have, I have ways to deal with that, you know, um, and I should prioritize dealing with it. Yeah, for sure. So let's get out of frigs now and step into cruisers, right? Because alpha clones can fly cruisers and cruisers are, you know, super great small gang ships. We talked about them a bunch recently. So what do you have for uh, a fit for a cruiser? I would just go with uh, a Caracal because it's just a classic ship. Like, I think you guys mentioned this in your, like, affordable PvP cruisers thing too. For an Alpha, what I'd do is I'd fly with, like, two missile guidance computers in the mids because with two, like, range scripts, you actually get the same range as an Omega character. So in that way, even though you're going to have, like, less DPS from lower skills, you still have, like, the same, like, 65-kilometer range, which is really where the Caracal shines. And the, the Caracal is pretty good too because like you the the Caracal gets like a bonus to rate of fire, which isn't like that as crucial when it comes to rapid lights because like you have lower burst DPS but you still have like the same clip damage, so you won't be able to like snap kill ships as fast, but you can still you still like get the same damage out of your clip, so it's not as a big of drawback as like some of the other cruisers. Yeah, I'm looking at this fit, and that's it's interesting that like the two missile guidance computers kind of bring it up to the same range. It makes it very like super viable. I'm, you know, I'm looking at it, it's 1700 meters a second, 26 kehp, 280 dps with rapid light, 65 kilometer range. Like that's pretty legit. Yeah, and you can always maybe like drop a BCS or a, a Nano if you like need to keep up with like faster ships in your gang, like Omen navies and Osprey navies. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that because when we did our cruiser master class, I I I made a comment about how the Caracal is so versatile in that you fit it the same way, except you maybe fit a little more Nano and a little less tank or or something along those lines. But this is a prime example. Um, where it's minimal nano but more damage in tank um and yeah you're right you could drop some damage for nano uh you could drop a rig to a polycarbonate instead of a, a core defense field extender something along those lines cool and uh you have one more fit and that is for the logi right so you have a alpha scythe fit which uh looks quite interesting as well uh when would you kind of recommend that and and what what are your piloting tips I think it's just uh, it's really cool uh, if you want to kind of get into logistics. Like the scythe here is sort of designed around an alpha clone, with uh, like, and you don't really want to be like micromanaging too much. So there's like no injector on it. It's like purely like regen based, and this can perma run like micro driven two of the reps. So the way I would fly this is like kind of similar to the Maulus in that you like focus on your positioning. And you just like keep your MWD on, like focus on like having a good position, so like you're behind your gang, ideally, like you know your gang's between yourself and the enemy, so you're positioning properly, and then you just run like your two remote shield boosters on whoever's taking damage, and like if someone's like really taking damage, you can you know like put the third one on them and heat it, but you know you can only do that for like so long. And as you get better skills, it does become like a lot more cap stable. I think you can drop the uh, one of the capacitor power relays for a damage control. And one of the things that's really cool about the scythe actually is even though on an even though it's an alpha, it's actually really fast with two nanos. 
yeah, it almost does 2.3K. That's pretty crazy. I like it, man. Yeah, so, Logi is like one of the, like, it's what it's like, it doesn't require much skill investment at all. Like, just cruiser for and like remote shield booster for, and you can be very useful to your gang. I think like two medium remote shield boosters is almost equivalent to like an XLSB for your gang that's like remote. So you can definitely like keep like buffer fit Osprey Navy issues up or just like provide that extra tank for someone to be able to like hold point or you know be able to kill something before they go down. Yeah, and I, I made comments previously too about Logi and how having like a single scythe in your gang or a single Logi boat isn't isn't like a game breaker for opposing gangs to fight you. So it's it's pretty cool. I like it. Uh, so the, and the, yeah, this I don't think this fit is like the most efficient fit. Like you definitely have to like go to like Nick and Noiser or like watch some of his videos or like look at like some of the more like micromanagement intensive fits. You know, like injector fits. But the the idea behind this fit is mostly that it's like very, you know, just use and forget it with like the cap regen fit. You can definitely make it a lot stronger if you're got better skills, and you know, just you know, if you're like a new player. Not having to worry about micromanaging your cap or anything like that. It's a lot easier just to focus on your positioning. Yeah, for sure. So let's kind of go through, uh, build off that base and a little less detail, but kind of go through if you're a new player that's Omega, uh, what kind of other stuff would you have access to? So I think of like maybe getting into, uh, well, the most obvious to me is interceptors. Um, to build off that, like the Condor, in this case, the base of the Condor. Um, Interceptors are a ship you will always find in a small gang. Like, it's very rare that you'll find a small gang without an Interceptor. Um, and that's because they are really the only thing that does the job. So like the Garmer, as you mentioned, fills that role as well, quite well. But that's about it, really. Um, they're so survivor survivable and you can fly them so aggressively. And they're a ship that, as your skill increases like i guess a good way to put it is they have a very low skill floor to get into and fly them but a very very high skill ceiling um so a good pilot can really make a huge difference in a well-flown interceptor i think the next one that kind of pops into my head is um uh faction cruisers just because you'll start to see the benefits that come at those higher levels like omen navy issue if you're trying to fly that you're not getting a lot of damage and you're not getting the range bonuses from the higher level cruiser skills um whereas you know you start to get those benefits same with uh osprey navy issue as well yeah, and you guys have a great podcast on affordable PvP cruises, I think, like the two or three <laughs> episodes back. I don't know if it's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we talked about cruisers a lot in our last episode. We did a cruiser masterclass where we kind of went through every single cruiser, uh, except for the uh, Triglavian T1 logistics cruiser. Rip us. We forgot that one. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and then also like battle cruisers, right? So... You could start getting into gangling skills, which are super cool, um, and and fly battle cruisers and smogging as well. Yeah, I think you can make like a really cheap like cyclone. I think 
like with two nanos and like two links or something like that and then rapid lights like it doesn't do a ton of dps and it's like kind of terrible in a way but you're giving like your gang two links yeah the one we were running around was like heavy missiles two links xisb a paint and then like i think long point and stuff but the main thing with it is it's fast it's like as fast as cruisers and provides those links and and some damage but it was really just like this support type role um so like one of us had one with two skirm links and the other had one with two shield links and then like in our gang we had i think two osprey navies and like a phantasm or something and so it's like that it was just like this kind of flexible 30 or i don't know 50 million-esque ship or something that just benefited our group a lot is is it was fun to fly like looking back i'm like i don't know i, I kind of I want to try out like a hurricane or something. I feel like it might provide more damage output, but uh, you know, there's a trade-off. Won't wouldn't have as much links and uh, command boosts in that way. All right, and I mean, I guess you could push Logi into T2 Logi, Cruiser Logi, or Frig Logi. Um, you know, the E warships, obviously the electronic attack frigates. If you like flying those cheaper T1 E warships. Uh, going into getting like a you know a, a carries or sentinel something like that, um, th you know they're really really good, and you get the minimitar one gets a, a actually useful small gang bonus in web range, which is super cool. Uh, so hyena is super fun and and great to fly as well. Yeah, almost all of them are like really powerful in the right circumstances. So let's get into the established player. Um, this is somebody that's now you know been in the game for a while they have they don't really need to pve maybe they have you know alts or whatever the, the case is or they're just they have a, a pretty big bank bank account to kind of keep them going so they can get to you know do the classic pipe of worrying like design cool fits uh blingy stuff expensive stuff whatever it is whatever like floats your boat you know, if you want to be like Mr. Hyde back in the day and roll like all these blingy battleships and go find fights, you can do stuff like that. But um, those type of players are just going to like hyper specialize. I feel if if you're if you're that established player, you're going to like start training into an all fives kind of ship, whatever your chosen avenue is. You know, max out your command bursts. Uh, like really, really get into like a, a high tier, if you will, kind of fit and ship and uh more likely to get into implants and all that stuff however i'm saying that like don't do that unless you really have the means or you've already got a little bit of experience so like those should be your goals an established player getting into small gang but your initial goal your short-term goal should probably be to like uh fly different roles in cheaper ships and get your knowledge up because yeah you're established you already have the isk and and the means and the basic game knowledge but you don't have the pvp knowledge that's you know your newer player to pvp so really just i'd say fly multiple roles and branch out and figure out what you really like doing like find your niche right um i, I think about pilots i've flown with like uh like boss boss sausage who triple boxes like a like a madman like he flies kiki bifrost and scalpel and like he like that's his niche he got into that and learned how to do that and taught himself and does it super well and he flies that like almost all the time i mean 
if I don't see him in a Kiki, he's in a Draugr now. It's like yeah, he's got like his thing. own squad. It's like he's got his his destroyer that's doing damage, and then a, a Logi alt, and then a, a Lynx, and they're all like grouped up on on him, and uh, he's just zipping around the grid at like four k a second. <laughs> the other one that popped in my head was Oris. I've been watching all his Vagabond stuff, and it's like you you pick like uh you know as you learn what you enjoy then you start to hyper specialize into that and master that whether it's the role like mastering being a logistics player or if it's a sp specific ship like and i bring up oris particularly because like there was a time with 100 mn legions they were very popular and ap like i think he has two legion videos and they're just it's it's like hyper specialized mastering that ship that setup now he's kind of doing that with vagabond like i'm seeing him just constantly flying a vagabond to the point that he's like mastering its limitations and i think that's really cool too I, another pilot that comes to mind is omnaria who's like the eve's best trackpad interceptor pilot right he plays it with a trackpad <laughs> Like, I don't know how the fuck he does it, but he he's really good and he uses a trackpad. So um, I don't know, man, like, I don't know. That's I kind of feel like as, as that player, you should branch out and experience different roles and then decide what you like before you specialize. Yeah. That's that's what I, that's my recommendation. Not get caught up on the blingy fits that people are posting um, and just fly the basic fits, like fly the cheap stuff, fly the efficient stuff. Uh, if you, you know, fly like a basic snake clone, don't go buy a high grades or even a full mid grade set. Like you can min max, uh, clones like two, 300 mil that are still give you a, a pretty good boost. Uh, just do that. Like figure out what, what you like. How about, uh, what do you think Satonia for those? Do you have any other thing else to add or? Oh, I think you guys have pretty much, uh, hit the nail on the head here. Like fly, uh, like affordable star, find you what you enjoy flying and then just fly more of that and then like specialize more into it. Yeah. You know, I take back what I said, actually what you should do is like max abyssal roll a golem and fucking roam that thing right out to P tech V and venal <laughs> <laughs> and, and then eject before you die, please inject into a Kasuni and only jam payroll. Oh, I oof. remember. No, I remember this guy who. This was before the ECM changes, but he specialized. He only flew the Griffin Navy issue in low sec, and I ran in like three times. And I swear, I still have him on like my contacts in Eve, like like red and on watch list with notes like, "Do not fight this guy. He only flies this. Like, it's the worst thing you'll ever do." <laughs> He like puts down a mobile depot and swaps like racials just to you. Yep, dude, it's so it was so brutal. <laughs> what? Yeah, what does that guy do now though? That's the real question. I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I just assume he has stopped playing the game. I don't just know. Cur just cursing CCP, waiting for the day they fix the ship. They they like, you know, drug it back. He switched over to like a crucifier navy, and he just swaps between like tracking disruption and missile guidance. I don't know. Okay, guys, we were going to talk about uh, a Bubbles mini masterclass because I feel like it's important for new players roaming Nullsec to know about bubble mechanics. But we've gone on, we've kind of like drugged this one out a little bit. So we're going to cut it and we will do it next episode. So uh, 
hopefully you don't decide that you're going to go roam Nelsec and then you die to a bunch of bubble camps. But, you know, that might happen. You'll learn about it next episode, I promise. Uh, with that, let's just kind of get into our shoutouts and start wrapping it up. Um, first, I, I just want to shout out uh, Blood and Eyes Corp Furnace. So Furnace is uh, the sponsor of today's episode. Um, that sounds dumb because it's our corp, but we, we wanted to highlight them because uh, it's a really fun group and we are recruiting for a couple dudes. Um, you know, maybe if like, maybe, you know what, maybe if you're that persistent new player that I was talking about, who knows, maybe it would happen. At worst case, uh, Blood and I will help you. But, you know, if you're kind of an experienced US time zone PVP -er that, that wants to, that knows small gang and, and wants to fly with some other like-minded dudes and you want to live an NPC null, like a fucking baller, uh, hit us up, hit us up in discord and we'll give you some info and come and join us for a roam and, and see if uh, the shoe fits. And uh, also we wanted to kind of talk about there's um, Plex for Good going on right now to benefit or help the, the relief efforts with the Australian brush fires. And there's some, there's lots of really cool things happening. I know I want to say it was like uh, the initiative is doing something with a Triglavian dreadnought that's going to die. And that's like, supposed to help in some way um one thing that popped onto our radar is kellen darklight is selling a magnate which is a prize ship it's essentially i think more valuable than an at ship um and then those proceeds will get turned into plex and donated to plex for good so that's just super awesome and really cool um and that also kind of brought up the idea uh we um i want to kind of shout out uh, a player by the name of bolton Picard. I probably butchered it, but um, he literally just shot me an email and was like, hey, here's this Loki. I put it on contract to you. I never use it. And it was like a 2.2 bill Loki. <laughs> so what uh, we were kind of brainstorming ideas and we were thinking about, oh, well, we could like, we, we want this to benefit the community and stuff. And we could, we could raffle it off or something along those lines. And, uh, but in this time, um, what we're going to do is we're going to auction it off for Plex for Good. So um, we'll kind of organize that through our Discord. And um, this episode will go out Sunday. So I'll probably post something on like Monday in our announcements. Um, but we'll probably start at like 1 billion. And we'll just take offers, uh, donations, whatever. And that'll all go to Plex for Good. And then continuing on from that, um, we had an idea that if you want to support Plex for Good, they're only doing it in increments of 100 Plex, I think. Um, and so if you want to support, but you don't necessarily have Plex to give or um, anything like that, um, I am offering, and, and Pharaoh as well, kind of in, in this process, what we're going to do is if you contract us or donate anything um, saying Plex for Good, so you could you could donate a carrier, right? And then we will either figure out how to liquidate it later or, or whatever. We'll take the value of that carrier, we'll turn it into Plex, and we'll donate that to Plex for good. So, um, in, you know, even if it's in NullSec, like asset safety is a thing. So we'll figure that all out later. Um, but it's, it's going to be like a, a net zero profit. The goal would just be to raise as much money for Plex for good as possible. And so that's kind of what uh, the, the two things that we thought we could contribute. And um, 
like I said, I wanted to shout out Bolton Hacard for just randomly sending me an email and a contract, and um, it was really cool. It's a it's a well fit Loki, um, and uh, so yeah, uh, I'm excited to see what what people are able to do, and you know, our our little community here is growing, and it'd be good just to to donate and kind of um, uh, help with the the relief efforts. So we're gonna get that squared away and sorted out and probably start that on Monday. I also want to point out that any scams uh, with uh, associated with Plex for Good campaigns are are like bannable, like they're, yeah, you know, no, no go. So just so you guys know, this is we're not scamming. Um, it's, it's a real thing. We're not just, you know, so so that yeah, it, it should be super good. And we also start a little thing in the discord. If you donate to Plex for Good, just take a screenshot. There's instructions and announcements, and we'll give you like a super cool, uh, like lime green roll so that everyone can see that you donated. So it's yeah, a super I mean, good cause. And I, I've seen some crazy things of like people just cashing out an Eve, like quitting and donating shitloads of Plex. Uh, what a better, what better time to win Eve, right? So you can actually make a difference. It's, it's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of money that, that, uh, it's going to be raising. So. Yeah, I think it's also uh, in some of these other Plex for Good events where I'm like, hey, this is a great cause and stuff. I haven't felt as connected, but uh, I, I've had the opportunity to play with people and groups that were out of Australia. And I, I also think with like Eve Down Under and there's there's kind of like this more immediate connection I have with the player base in that area. And so I, I feel like it's just something that I want to uh be more involved in also i plan on documenting every contract that's accepted um doing an eve appraisal of that amount and then documenting the the plex conversion and and uh probably posting that but at the very end so this goes till january 26th so it'll be um a, about a week or so um and uh at the end of that I will go ahead and, and post that all in our Discord so we can have a, a total of what our community uh, donated. And that'll be, I think, really cool. And yeah, like Pharaoh was saying, um, scamming in this uh, activity is bannable. So um, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll go forward from there. And then the last thing we wanted to mention is um, uh, our Patreon supporters. Um, I think I talked about it a bit last week, but uh, it's been a really cool, um, uh, like, it, it's been a great response and really cool to have people willing to uh, back our time and, and you know, the content we're creating. And uh, so I just wanted to shout out um, Binary Sat... Sat oh, gosh. Binary Seder. There we go. That's the one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, as as a VIP Patreon, and really quick, I thought we had I thought we had one or two more. So uh, people have signed up, and uh, but it, they don't actually go on the list until the first billing cycle. Um, but okay. but it is worth mentioning. Uh, people have been so receptive to it. Uh, we're gonna have to come up with a plan on how we're gonna use some of those funds. So some of the things we we're kind of thrown out were like getting some custom made stickers done up for like less than 10 stickers or just stickers in general that are e related um and and centered around small gang um 
like, you know, like hashtag my other car is a rifter or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. We'll come up with some cool ideas and uh, if you have suggestions, just shoot them at us in the Discord. Yeah, uh, we're always open to ideas. That sounds hilarious, dude. Like, I'm thinking, here's what I'm thinking. Those, you know, those little family stickers that people put on the back of their cars and there's like, you know, like ones with zombies or ones with like Ewoks and stuff. We should, we should yeah, as a dad, like I think those are ridiculous, but but that'd be cool. Know, if, well, <laughs> it was that, like Eve related. Like that, that whole like my other car is a rifter. Like I was just like, that's such a great meme. I, I have three cars and two of them are more or less rust buckets uh, made out of duct tape. So I, I'm definitely down with that. Nice. And Satonia, do you have any uh, anyone or anything you'd like to shout out before we close her up? Oh, I'll just give a shout out to uh, AP for uh, his VEDMAC commentary video, which I thought was really good. Yeah, actually, it was super good. He, he's been posting so many good commentary videos lately. Dude, he's been just posting even just really good, like, five-minute videos of, of a fight. Like, uh, it it it's really... I I benefit a lot from those because they're they're real, right? And I, I do appreciate videos that are, like, 30-minute montages, but, like those the commentary videos and those just raw like him in a vagabond with a bifrost alt like you get to see so much happening in such a short short span that it's so beneficial as a as a consumer of his content i think it's super cool and like yeah i i his anytime we can promote one of his videos i'm always down it's like him and lucy lou like they all fall into the same categories of like if you want to watch good eve eve pvp like watch these things absolutely we'll get it in the show notes and uh that's all for today guys just remember it's not the size of your gang it's about how you use it